Well, once again, welcome everyone on Pentecost. Welcome everyone online. Uh, glad to have you with us. Uh, you can see again from all these pyramids that Pentecost is a big day for us. Uh, although it's funny, I, when, I, when I was teaching part-time at Pima, uh, an evangelical student, he said, we don't celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And I'm, gonna, I'm like, because I'll bet every Sunday is Pentecost Sunday where you are. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but for us, it's a big day. Uh, and we, we celebrate it as part of our church year. You can see we pull out our red pyramids, our red colors. Uh, it's the day we get to talk about visions and dreams. Not the only one, but we talk about visions and dreams. We talk about the Holy Spirit speaking to us, giving us new insights and new inspirations. So it's a, it's a fun day. Uh, and today I'm going to focus on that. Visions and dreams. And why it is we sometimes have a hard time believing that we can still have them today. Uh, and then I'm actually going to talk a little bit about what we can do to counter that, what we can do to counter the absence of visions and dreams and open ourselves to experiencing them. Now, I've done different versions of this sermon uh, for 20, what are we at now? We're pushing 23 years I've been doing this. Um, and uh, different versions of this I find the topic easier uh, at 49 than it was when I started at 26. Um, of course, at 26, at 26, I had to wear my collar all the time because people would come into the church and they'd say, is the pastor here? And I'm like, and then they'd go, wait, you're the pastor? And I'm like, sign on the door. And then they'd stop and go, oh, you must be the youth pastor. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm it. Um, I'm the everything pastor here. Uh, but, you know, at 26, you're starting out, you're young, the future's full of opportunities. Uh, you know, I just got, the, like I say, I had this new job. I was in Newtown. Had a new baby. Baby just graduated college. Um, but everything was still starting. So visions and dreams, it, it seemed easier. You know, the world was full of opportunities. You know, you didn't have long memories. But I find, as time goes by, the more rooted you get, the more responsibility you take on, the more established and invested you get in things, the fewer visions and dreams become. And it isn't because God doesn't, it isn't because I don't want them, it isn't because God isn't trying to give me them. Uh, in fact, you know, often, you know, you look back on those earlier times when you seem to have more visions and dreams, almost kind of like glowing nostalgia, right? You know? Uh, but then you start to weigh things out because, you know, every opportunity carries with it some risk. Every new venture has the possibility that it may fail. And the more invested you are in things, you know, the more you got to lose. If your new crazy venture and your crazy dream doesn't work out right, now you suddenly have all these people riding on you. You got mortgages and bills and college bills and you know, taking wild and crazy risks to follow the spirit. Kind of goes, well, I can only afford so much craziness. The bank will only allow that, right? I mean, I used to brag. I used to brag that I could fit everything I needed for a summer in the back of my 1992 Chrysler LeBaron hatchback turbo. I was hot. I had turbo and a stick. I'd rep and I'd try to impress all the girls with that. 
I don't think it worked, but I tried to do it. Um, and that was even with my guitar. I, can put, I used to play guitar once upon a time. Um, I had a steel string. I tried to pick it up. It hurts my fingers. All right, I'll get back into that. Digressing. Yeah, I can't do that now. I cannot fit all my stuff in my car now, right? It takes a truck, takes a semi. Um, but God is clear that it's not because he's not giving the dreams and visions that I'm not getting them. It says in Joel, here's our, our Bible verse. This is what Peter quotes. Joel says, Then afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on male and female slaves in those days I will pour out my spirit. God makes this promise ages before Jesus comes, that he will give this gift to see things, to wonder, to dream, to people of all ages and classes. It's visions without bounds. But where does the vision come from? Who makes it? Well, if you're a modern person, talk about visions and dreams, a modern person will say, well, you know, the vision and dream, it's all just stuff that's already there in your head, and you're just piecing it together right? The information, you, you're just reconnecting the neurons that are already there. Visions and dreams don't really happen that way. And I'd say, well, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. But we say that visions and dreams come from outside of us because they inspire us with things that we would not have come up by ourselves. They are a gift from God that come to us, from the Holy Spirit. They're not of our choosing, but more what we can, you know, but something we don't figure out by ourselves. They give us the power to change our lives. So, uh, getting back to the original question, what happens that we stop believing that we can get visions and dreams? What happens, what happens to sort of kill that? Well, I'm going to give a few, a few things that I think get in the way of us experiencing visions and dreams. One, of course, is you just get comfortable, right? Basic inertia. It's the same chair I've had for years. It's familiar. I know it. I like it. It's comfortable. I don't want to move it. Right? It's in the exact perfect spot so the speakers hit my ears just right. I had a friend who did that. He lined up his speakers exactly perfectly. And if you sat in the chair, uh, and he's a little taller than me, so I had to sit up on a book. And if I sat on the book, I could hear the drum, Phil Collins's drum solo and in, in the air tonight perfectly. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, wow. No wonder he never moves the chair. <laughs> We're creatures of comfort. I get it, right? You know, and you have a busy schedule. There's, you know, there's a lot of stress in the world. And sometimes, you know, you feel like you just want to come back to something you don't have to, you know, think a whole lot about. You know, with everything else you have to deal with, it's nice to have something you don't have to deal with or think about that you can just do. You know, as that phrase goes, I only have so much bandwidth in my life to keep a whole bunch of things. Do I have the energy? If I start to allow myself visions and dreams, where will that fit in, and do I have bandwidth for it? Or it's just plain habit. You know, you, you know this one. It's kind of like comfort, but it means you don't have to think about it. It's like, I notice that whenever I drive, go to a new town, right? Everything has to be figured out. Where, where, where does the road go? How does this rotary work? 
Where is the target? You know, isn't it nice? I just, and, and you get done, and you come home from vacation, you're like, that was fun, but it's nice to not have to think about where the target is. Target takes way too much part of my life, I know. I think I calculated one year we, we tithed to Target. Um, we bought so much stuff there. But, right, you don't want to have to think about it. That's how habit works, right? And if I sit there and I open myself to dreams and visions, God might sit there and, and tell me something that might require me to go and start rearranging things, and I don't need one more thing to figure out. I mean, I just got my Alexa to work with my router. Do you know how long that took? I don't actually have Alexa, but I've heard people say that. All right. Or then you get the been there, done that. The been there, done that, right? You don't allow yourself to have new dreams and visions because when you were younger, you tried something new and it didn't work. And, and you like to think you're a smart person who learns from your mistakes and you're not going to keep trying to get different results from the same thing. You know, it might be nice to have dreams, you say, but you've got to be realistic, you know? I had a pastor who talked to me. He said, Lars, you're all young and, and full of energy. I was like 35. <laughs> you're all young and full of energy, but you know what? I've been doing this since the 70s. All these new things, we tried them in the 70s. It didn't work. It doesn't work. You know, but you can be all excited. I'm like, well, I bet your church is really growing. <laughs> I mean... I mean, what, what, what kind of energy is that? But, right, you hear that. Been there, done that. Oh, I already tried that. Don't waste your time, kid. Well, if that's your attitude, yeah. Or you have the fear of looking stupid. This is a big one, right? You got picked on in school. The last thing you need is to put yourself out there again and risk it failing and then have people laughing at you going, ha, ha. I survived that. I'm not going through that again, we say, right? If God gives me the vision to try something new, and then that new thing fails, then all those years of me being all smug and cocky like the omnipotent, I know what I'm doing, and now it all fails, and now, the, you know, well, now I got to, there you go, that's humbling. My ego has to take a jab. You know, and I'll be known as the loser who's project tanked. And the jaded, been there, done that guy is going to sit over there and go, I told you it couldn't work. Told you it couldn't work. Anyone who's ever put themselves out there to try something new knows that feeling. You take that risk, right? If you try to go out and be creative, if you make a piece of art, you put yourself out there. And you put yourself at risk of failure and being laughed at. So if you get really paralyzed by that fear, you have to ask God, well, why bother asking God to show me a dream and a vision? You know? I just set myself up. Or, workload and time. This is a boring practical one. We all know this one, right? Most of us don't have a ton of time for extra projects. You know, if I ask, if I sit and I, I pray and I ask God for visions and dreams for my life, then I'm probably going to have to give up something to make that vision and dream a reality to find the energy for it. And these days, you know, we kind of instinctively avoid committing to things so that we can keep our, our, our time open, protect ourselves from getting overbooked. That's so why I'm convinced you never get RSVPs anymore, right? We don't ever want to RSVP. And I asked someone, what, what, why do you never RSVP? And they said, well, what if something comes up at the last minute? If I commit, if I commit to your barbecue, Pastor, and then Jim calls on Sunday, and Jim calls me on Saturday to go four-wheeling, I'll have to miss out on what Jim does. I kind of like Jim's four-wheeling more than your barbecue. 
thanks, dude. But that's how it works, right? Keep it open, then I don't have to say no. I'll just click maybe attending on Facebook, which means I'm definitely not attending, but I won't, don't have the guts to tell you. I mean, I get it, you know, I get it. We can get committed and busy. I mean, I got five kids, two are not really kids anymore, but, you know, that responsibility takes a lot of time. Dreams and visions, I'd have to squeeze that in between, you know, soccer games. A lot of those Saturdays, my only vision between the soccer games was being done with the soccer games. And it makes me a bad parent. So we've got all these things against us. Then you throw in the fact that we live in a culture that tells us that dreams and visions aren't really real, that they're just hallucinations, they're figments of your imagination, and it can get real easy to resign yourself to say, you know, this just was, I'll just stay there and ride it out. So how do we counter that? Give you another list. Discomfort. Discomfort tends to move us to new things. And it can happen to us. Right? Say something happens. I'm forced to get a new job. I, I have to get, get a new house, something like that. COVID comes. I have to learn online ministry. You know? Comfort, discomfort can, can push us to have to be open to visions, but it's something we can do ourselves as well. You don't have to just wait for something to happen. You can decide to push yourself to try something a little new so that it will spark your imagination. Or... You could try a new habit, again, kind of along the same lines. Do something deliberately differently. When you do, it shakes it up a little, but it also usually sparks your imagination and opens your mind. You try something new and you go, okay, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't work, but it gets you thinking, right? Again, God has a way of speaking to us most clearly, often, most obviously when we're in states of transition, when things are messed up, when we feel less secure, you know, and I think that's because when we're off our game, we feel more vulnerable. And when we're more vulnerable, we're more open to God speaking to us. And isn't it the case that we usually ask God for help the most when things are the most difficult? Or, another one, you could rethink why it didn't work. This would have been my answer to the jaded, been there, done that pastor. I would have said, well... Okay, I know you tried some of this stuff in the 70s, but isn't our world a little bit different than the 70s? Those of us who lived through it say, praise Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if the world's changed, maybe things are different. Maybe you could try it again. Maybe you could tweak it. Maybe the reason it failed doesn't apply anymore. Don't give up on new possibilities. Keep dreaming and ask, asking. Things change, and God gives new visions. I mean, imagine if the first time you rode a bike, you got on it, fell over, and you had, oh, well, that's it. Bikes don't work. Dumb idea. I'm done. And you go, well, maybe you didn't try riding it. Well, I went, I went straight down that hill, and it didn't work. Well, maybe if you didn't go down the hill on your first try. That's what I did. I went straight down a hill, and I had no handlebars. It was raw metal. went down the hill, and I flipped, and it scraped my chest. I didn't want to ride again. Fortunately, I got a little push. Throw it again. Now I write all the time. But, all right, I hate it when I see Christians falling into this trap. Right? We tried that before, didn't work, can't work. And I say, did you really spend time in prayer? 
opening yourself up to a new vision, a new way? And did, and, and did you really ask God for a vision on this? And then, of course, you also have to quit caring what they think, right? I know it's always easier said than done, because none of us really have leather skins around our feelings. But, you know, when you think about it, are you going to look back? Are you going to look back on the time you had before and say, you know, I, 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 I had big dreams and visions, and I didn't try it. Dang, I'm glad I just didn't do anything. Or are you going to look back and say, you know, I had dreams and I had visions, and I did something to make, and I stepped out there, and it didn't work, but those were great times. I'd do it all again. If people won't support the dreams and visions you have from God, do you want their approval anyways? And of course, then you've got to be prepared to let things go. And I wish I could preach the sermon that could say, you can have it all, and you don't have to give anything up, and everything will work out, you can fit in everything. But the reality is, we only have so much time. And we only have so many hours in a day. And the truth is, trying something new probably will mean giving something up. That's just the way life works. So, getting back to Pentecost here. As the story goes, as I was telling the kids, right? What happened to Jesus? He ascended, went back to God the Father. And he left Mary Magdalene and all the disciples in the upper room for days and just waiting to see what would happen. He just told them, you know, I'm going to send a helper, an advocate's going to come. But he never gave him a date. And they just sat there and waited. Ten days. Ten days of just sitting there. No internet. It was probably the most anxious, boring, stressful time you could imagine. Jesus had been killed. Would they come for us too? Was it over? Is this advocate really going to come? How long do I wait before I cut, cut and run and go back and just go back to fishing again? They had nothing but each other. And God gave them dreams and visions and tongues of fire, which is always cool. And they changed the world. God kept the promise of dreams and visions that even these fishermen and tax collectors and former homeless woman possessed by demons like Mary Magdalene, that they could change things. So I pray for God to give all of us dreams and visions, to show us ways to keep our lives vital, to keep our church fresh and effective, to keep our families full of the Spirit, because God promised that long ago. Amen.